Hello and welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined today by my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter, Twitter at Mars05. Unfortunately, our Kylie has been uh, has been taken ill, so she's she's not able to um, join the show just yet, but um, hopefully later on tonight she will. Um, make sure you are following our group account at Three Amigos FBL. In our Getting to Know You mini-series, we've interviewed FBL managers from all over the world, as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FBL accounts they interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. With the Amigos now, we have Adam, who you should all know and love, of course, from Twitter at ahopcroft13. Adam, you're very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community? Uh, I think so, yes. <laughs> hey, Adam. Well, welcome on the show. Really excited about this. So, um, uh, getting get going. Describe yourself in three words. Ross, this, is a, this was a tough one, actually. I think I would say... Um, I think people would be disappointed if I didn't say analytical, um, driven and obsessive. Obsessive, yeah. That comes up a lot, obsessive, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think FPL made me more obsessive as well. So that that probably does, it's probably not the best hobby to have. Great stuff, Adam. And uh, tell us, where do you live and what do you currently work at? Um, so I live in a, a village called Blackwell, which is uh, South Birmingham, Worc- technically Worcestershire. Um, and I've, for the last 10 years, I've been working in recruitment. So I manage a team that recruit IT and um, back office contractors into the NHS and central government. Oh, very good. So you do interviews and stuff like that, do you? Yeah, so a lot. Of, I suppose a lot of my job, probably more of my job, is actually managing the consultants that will do the interviews. But a lot, a lot of what we do is going out, meeting customers, people that will potentially recruit contractors, so working on IT projects, um, and, and potentially also um, recruiting accountants, business analysts, project managers, etc. All right, because um, I know. Interesting. Tom from Who Got the Assist has um, has a job where he interviews people and teaches people how to interview. I think all the time he's that's what we learned on his Getting to Know You episode. Um, so um, and it's and I know he's in analytics as well. So it's interesting how the fields kind of um, intersect. I do yeah. believe you, you're the first recruiter. So. That's not bad. I got a feeling, and I could be wrong. I think I think James Eggersdorf might be in recruitment. I'm not, not, enti- not entirely sure, but the, yeah, I don't think there are loads of uh, FPL managers in recruitment. I'm part of a few groups and I've seen that, you know, we, there tend to be a lot of analytical people. That's, that, that, that tends to be a bit of a theme. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. For analysts of some form. A few, few, um, psychologists as well. Yeah, no, I've always, the, the psychology angle with FPL is always something that majorly, majorly interests me. It's um, it's because it is it is a psychological game and it's such a long haul. Um, it's uh, it definitely helps when you're when you're trained in it, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. So Adam, how how and when did you um, 
uh, first get into FBL and football in general? So I think my first memory of football would have been Italia 90, um, very, very briefly. But I think I really grew up on the Premier League era, so I can pretty much remember when um, the Premier League started. I'm a Villa fan, so the first season of the Premier League, we finished second and we're lucky not to, to win it. So I think I've pretty much had an obsession ever since I've young with the Premier League. And, you know, I, I don't know why, but I, 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 again, going probably back to my obsessive nature and my, my love for numbers and stats, I used to, you know, obsess with um, how many goals players had scored and how many appearances. Um, so I think that's how I got into football. Um, F. FPL, I wish I'd have got into it a lot, lot earlier. Um, I used to do, um, when I, when I was younger, I used to do fantasy football, but through the post. So I don't know if any, you've had any other people do this where every mm. week, um, you'd, you'd attach, a, you know, you'd sell a tape, a few pound coins onto the card, you'd pick your team, you'd send it off, and then you'd eagerly be waiting, um, towards the end of the week for, for it to come back through the post and see how your team's done. Um, quite few, quite few people who've come on have uh, have played this game. Yeah, I think it's uh, the the generation of that game that we. Yeah, uh, it was addictive. Yeah. It was so it was so addictive, and I won a few trophies. I won a few trophies doing that. Um, and obviously, I love the I love things. Grew up on probably the Championship Manager era as well. I think the '98 one version mm-hmm. was was pretty famous. So I think all of that has led to. To a bit of a fascination with, with those type of games. And then FPL, I think it was probably eight seasons ago I started. I can't really remember the, the, the first um, season. I've got no real memory of that. But, you know, I loved all the, the big thing. I never really, until probably the last couple of seasons, paid too much attention to overall rank. It was all about mini leagues. And I've been fortunate enough that I've had some really competitive mini leagues. There was a guy at work, my, my old director, who we were really, really competitive and it would, we'd take it in turns winning each year. And actually, I'd probably, there's a few where a few of the leagues where, um, a few of the years where I've actually had quite a high rank and I probably didn't win the main mini league. So that, I think that, that's, um, that's probably how I got into it. Excellent. Yeah. Cause a competitive mini league probably definitely brings you along and, um, and improves your score. Even if you're only watching it, you're actually are going up the overall rankings as well. Once you're in a tough, tough mini league, but uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. your, your rank is like you have an incredible history in in FPL, and I know that um, um get a little bit off of our list, but um, what is it you kind of find as being kind of the the most important things to do to be successful in FPL? What is what are the traits or the kind of um what what are, I guess are the practices that you should practice? I guess to um to uh, to succeed in FPL. Um, for me, a lot of it is in the planning, um, because I think where I've probably gone wrong before is I've made too many transfers. I've made too many, I think the the term would be knee jerk moves. Um, I used to be a lot more gung ho in my approach where I take a lot more hits. I would, um, you know, I'd really focus on things like team value. And I think over the last few years, I've, I've, I've probably become a little bit more conservative. And it's been where, where I found it's really helped me is looking three or four game weeks in advance and working out if I bring a player in, what could be the impact two or three moves down the line. So 
I think there's a really good, there's a, there's a good, a lot of um, FPL players, I think it was mentioned somewhere on Twitter, seem to be into chess. And I think that chess mentality really helps you with FPL. Obviously, Magnus Carlsen's doing okay this year. I think that's well documented. But for me, I think that almost thinking ahead really helps. I think the other thing and that, that, that gives you a massive advantage, I think the more football you watch, the better feel of, of the game you get. You, you, you can tell. It's not just, I think, yeah, I do look at stats and they back up a lot of what I do. But I think the mood and the... the, the mood of the players and the, the mood of the clubs um, and how they're looking on the pitch is, is critical and we'll probably talk about some some players in the actual in the actual pod but I think that's that's key for me yeah 100% yeah yeah completely agree so what's uh, what's your highest ever finish and would that be your your best FPL memory um so I finished 673 which was about it wasn't last season it was a season before that and if I'm being yeah if I'm being honest I felt to what the probably the last two game weeks I should have done better it's a season I don't know if you remember where Kane in the last two game weeks got seven goals and oh yeah I, yep. I, did, I, I took a gamble on my because I'm my, I think it was my wild card I must have been my wild card at the time but I went without Kane and that backfired massively and so I, I, I probably should have finished High, high that season my best FPL memory I've got a few I think the, the, the probably the luckiest situation I've ever had was um, a lot of people owned Rooney when he played for Everton and they got a penalty and he was the penalty taker and the players I had in that game were Fabianski and Calvert-Lewin and then Rooney missed the penalty had it saved by Fabianski and Calvert-Lewin got rebound and that that for me is just pure luck I've never experienced anything <laughs> like it so I think that that's up there. I think any last-minute goals from, from players, which obviously uh, are, are great, but I think probably this season, and my best experience of FPL probably happened this, this season. So over Christmas, um, I, I ditched Salah, so I was having to get my captain choices right, and um, I went hazard one week against Watford. And the following week, I really fancied Pogba at home to Bournemouth. Um and we were we were due well my, we were due to go to my um, my parents-in-law, which are about it's about half a marathon, which is 13 miles away uh, for New Year's. And at the moment, my wife and I were sharing a car, just about to get a second one. But so I, I said to her, "Look, if you want, so quite fun. I really was desperate to watch the football. Look, you you get, you take the kids over, uh, and you go over to to see your mum." And I'll join you there after I'll run over. Now, I've never ran 13 miles in my life. But I thought I, I was so excited about watching Pogba because I fancied him to do well. <laughs> and I think I had play, players playing in the... I can't remember what the earlier match was on the Sunday, but I had other players playing. So I was just desperate to, to, to watch it. And obviously, Pogba had an absolute, you know, an absolute world day. And I think my ranking really helped. But then obviously, the next day, I had to run over, stick true to my word and run over to... Uh, 13 miles to uh, to the parents-in-law so I think that I think that because I've never run that far in my life so I suppose it had a positive impact as well so I'd probably say that <laughs> things we do for F- things we things we do to watch football eh? yeah, <laughs> I think there's exactly. a joke in there somewhere about uh, having to go to your parents-in-law and a feeling like you have to do a marathon to get there or a uh, 
there there's some joke in there somewhere, but uh, I'll think about it about eleven o'clock tonight, Adam, and I'll uh, I'll message you. <laughs> <laughs> like, but um, I must admit, I, I don't regret that. I think it, you know, there um, it's not very often you watch a captain that many people haven't got, or uh, you know, I think a lot of people were on Salah and Kane in particular that way. But getting two goals and assists is, is always good. And he probably could have got more. Yeah, it's uh, it is lovely when the when the differential one comes off, especially when the really highly uh, captained one doesn't, and you can see a massive massive gain. You know you're going to see green arrows at the end of it. But, uh, yeah. Hey. Tell, us, um, tell us what is it, Adam? You like most about the game, and what do you dislike most? Um, the thing I like most about the game is that you can keep you interested in literally the dullest match um, in the Premier League. So you could have. You know, you you could have like a Burnley versus Fulham match, and you've got a player playing, and it, you know, it, I think from that perspective, it can keep you interested in in any game. And and I think you know, sometimes it's, I think on the flip side of that, um, it, it's sometimes nice to just be able to watch a game knowing it's got no impact on you FPL wise. And I think sometimes you do get lost in. FPL. I'm trying to think of some of the games. Or um, I think obviously a lot of people mentioned the Liverpool Man City game. I, I, you know, watched that. I don't think I had any players playing at the time, so I was just able to enjoy it. But it is good when you've got one player playing on a Monday night, which isn't a great game. You, you can just root for them, and you want something to happen. So I think that that's what I like about I like about the game. Probably on the flip side about what I don't like is the fact it can make you obsessive. I think at times, you know, it can affect your mood. And it can, I think we've all been there. We've been short with people because, you know, our, cap, our captain's got a yellow card or, you know, our captain's black and just stuff like that. I think that's probably something I've, I've started to work on a little bit more. But it, I think it can really... Um, Affect, affect you, mood. The other thing I don't particularly like about the game is the chips as well. I, I, I think it, um, the free hit, and I'm not too bothered about the second wild card, but I think the free hit can, and the the triple captain, um, and bench boost. I just, I, I think it can add an element of luck to it. Um, and I think without them, I think it would have to, you'd have to have a lot more planning and it'd be more difficult to navigate the the, the game the game weeks towards the end of the season so i think i'm used i'm used to it now and i've got a plan around it but i preferred it when they were in place okay so so if you're the boss for yeah. one day and you can change the rule would it be removing the chips or would it be something else what no? What it would probably be. So I've I've played the Sky game for the first um, time this season. I'm doing all right. So I'm twelfth in the world in that. And I'm doing all right. I'm twelfth. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so, <laughs> but I think the thing that the thing that I do really like about Sky and where I think they've got it right is on the bonus side of things. So how it works in Sky is that any player, so any player can get bonus points so i think it's up to, it's three for shots on target um passes completed and tackles so they have to hit a certain number and they get bonus and then there's an overall man of the match that gets five points i think fpl i know it used to do bonus very very differently but i think for example if they awarded if a player completes 60 passes in a match they get three points that would make some of the defensive midfielders a little bit more appealing 
Um, you've got to be careful because the beauty of it is it, it is a very simplistic game. But I would probably look at just make doing something to make extra players appealing. And I think where, where that would really help as well is it would get rid of, um, so when you look at some, you know, the, the questions around Salah on bonus and other players, I think it would it would uh, mean that the better players are getting rewarded even more. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that it's always it, the bonus points system is often one that does come up when um, when we are talking about the the rule changes that you might bring in. But uh, yeah, no, I like that. Um, tell us now. We describe yourself as a person in three words earlier on, but can you describe yourself as an FBL manager now for us in three words? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, this this I, I struggled with this one. I think I'm um, I'm quite considered in um, analytical, um, and then I think okay, occasionally I've got a little bit of uh, maverick or impulse about me. Um, so I'll do. So just to put that into context, if I'm ever 50-50 about making a move or not making a move, I will always make the move. So um, I took like the, I think the other week um, I put a poll up about you know should I take should I take a particular hit, and the majority of people saying don't do it, and something in me is like I've got to do this and and and, and go for it, and it paid off massively. I was about 15 points up, so. Um, I'd probably say, yeah, considered analytical and um, what would the third, third one be? Um, impulsive, is it? Impulsive, yeah. Impulsive, probably the right, right one, yeah. Sometimes those ones that you don't think too much about or you think, I'm doing it, I'm not listening to anyone, is where you actually end up getting the points. You follow your gut and you, you've thought about it and that's it, it's happening. Like, for yeah. example... For example, with me this week, it was bringing Ali in. I was con- he was always coming in the minute I knew that I wanted to do some changes. And everybody, lots of people putting stats up about how he, Spurs are going to struggle or how he doesn't do well or how he does do well. But I just decided to ignore all of that and just go with it. Yeah, he's injured now, but I still managed to get 10, 10 points or something. So uh, it wasn't too bad. So sometimes those, you know, I, I know exactly what you mean about you want to do something. And if you're 50, 50, you go, like, I'm going to go with it. Something's telling me to do it. Um, so, yeah, no, I get that. And also, yes, I definitely think you're, you're considered. What, one of the things that I like about your approach is, here's, this is why I do it, but it's not the only way, and you don't have to follow it. And that's completely different to where others will go, my way is the only way. If you don't do it, it's wrong. I don't get that. That makes me it, laugh. You're absolutely right. And the thing that everybody see, a lot of people miss on, on Twitter is that, Every team is completely different and in a different situation. They've bought players at different prices. They're um, they're just they're set up differently. They've got you know different number of transfers. So it, it's not you know bringing in a certain player for one team isn't the right decision necessarily for another team. Exactly, exactly. So what's um, so you said earlier that before you used to concentrate on mini leagues and now it's you you focus more on OR. So what's your target now when you start? Is it is it a certain percentage where you want to finish? Is it there's a mini league that you need to win? So I, I like to win all my mini leagues, but the big thing that I've focused on this year, and I think I'm, I'm in the Elite 64, and I said I wanted to finish in the top 10 on that. So I think I'm fourth at the moment. I want to win it. Let's uh, you know that would be my ultimate because I think I'd have a good finish then. Um, 
my, my target every season is just to achieve my best ever finish. And then depending on, so last season was my worst ever season. And it took me about 23 game weeks to get into the top, top 100k. And then it was, I just going to need to just go for a top 10k. And I got very close. And then I, I made a couple of moves I probably shouldn't have made. And it then it got really difficult towards the end. So I think my, my, my aim this season, I'm three and a half k this season. I want to, you know, I want to beat my best ever, which is six, seven, three. Ideally, if you can get top 500, I'd be delighted with that. So, um, but the thing that I would say, and I know loads of people have, 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 have said, oh, yeah, we've got the double game weeks. You know, it can really help having all your chips, etc. It can, but I know full well there's some very good managers ahead of me. And I think the competition now is so much more difficult than it was probably two, three years ago. There's loads more information out there. Um, it's becoming more popular. So I think it's going to be tough. I, th- I think even from the position I'm in now, to finish in the top 10K is still going to be fairly tough. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the competition every year is stiffening up a little bit more. More information, more data, more more analytical sites even offering services to people and, you know, whether it's blog or blog posts and every kind of thing, that uh, things don't really surprise people anymore the way they used to, I guess, or um, it's harder to have a real differential and get ahead um, yeah, than it don't, used don't, to be. Don, if you follow Adam's uh, way of finishing higher, then hmm. you could just quit You could just quit now because, you know, anything is higher than two million, right, for you, so you celebrate every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day is a party, Mersey. Yeah. Uh, tell us before before each deadline, what is it you must do, Adam? So um, where we've suggested like read a blog, look at data. We know you're going to do that, and of course, listen to any three amigos FPL podcasts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think if the, I, I listen to a lot of pods, and I, I, I the, the beauty the beauty of it now is that. You know, I think the three. I could go on. There's there's so many good pods out there, and there is. I think, yeah, and it, and you know what? They've all got different stars, which I quite like, and um, they've all got different opinions. Um, what I always do at the start of the week is, is I think about what move I'm going to make, and I, I, I try and come up with a decision making process. I don't. It's not that. It's not consistent the same every week because the circumstances are different and. Um, my team's in a different situation. So I try and, I try and make my own decision because I think one of the problems with, with Twitter in particular, um, and I, I'm, I'm, to be fair, it was probably similar before when he's gone the fantasy football scout forums. It, you get that many opinions thrown in your face. It's so easy to be influenced. So I think you need to be strong and, and try and avoid, um, try and avoid, um, get, getting influenced too much and make sure you're making your own decision. The one thing that I do um, quite a bit is I look at um, not just local press, but what managers are saying, what players are saying. And I find that quite useful because it gives you sort of the, the, the frame of mind that, that the player and the manager, are, what they're thinking about each other. So I think that that helps. Um, I look at probably the, from an analytical point of view, when I'm looking at captains, um, I do factor in sort of the player's motivation and, and those, I suppose, those other factors. But probably one of the big things I'll look at is stats of the opposition, particularly defensively, and also 
the points per match home and away against top six because the majority of the time you're not going to captain someone against the you know top the top six sorry non top six side so you're not going to captain someone against top six side realistically but I look at how they've fared um, you know home and away against um, the non top six side so if they're playing you know let's say Hazard's away from home I look at how he's done against similar opposition then I look at the defence and I try and I try. I, I, I don't. I'm not too bothered about what other people are doing. I think it's a little bit different at the moment with Salah because everybody pretty much owns him. Everyone's captaining him, and he's a really good captain. Shout. So you're at a huge disadvantage if you don't if you if you if you don't do it. And I think he'll score well. If I doubt it, you know, if there was if he had um, City at home and people were still doing it and I, I doubt he would you know he, he, he would score well then I would look elsewhere and I've done that before but um, I think it's really important to make your own mind up um, because the, the other thing as well is, is if I make a bad decision that I can justify then I'm not angry with anyone I'm not annoyed I'm, I, you know I, I can say well actually I feel I made the right decision yeah this yeah. correct correct process but just the wrong result yeah 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 yeah, yeah. You're dealing with them um, because you, with with FPL, you're really dealing with probability. So you can never guarantee things going your way. There's a lot of luck in the game. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. I mean, take the Delhi Ali injury. I think that was extremely unlucky. And I think people that bought him bought him in. It wasn't something that you know. Yeah, I suppose he's had a few knocks this season. It wasn't completely improbable, but I think you know it's a little bit unlucky for owners because I think it was his chance to step up, and I think he. He, he was someone I put him in in the Sky team. I think I could see the logic of you know of why of why you brought him in, and at least you got a return out of him. So it's not all all's not lost there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So so tell us, you, you're obviously now uh, very well known in the community and in, on Twitter regarding your stats and how you look at stats. So how did you get into that? And you 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 touched on it with your captain, but with your transfers as well. Stats plays obviously it plays a big part, does it? It comes across like it does, from what um, you said. Yeah, it does. So the two things that play. So uh, a lot of my decisions come from maybe matches I've watched, but I will always back it up with with, with stats. And one thing that I will always do is, is if when I'm looking at stats, because I always have rightly or wrongly, I always think well, you know. That player's doing well. I'm sure their stats are high. And there will be occasions where they're not. And then I'll look into it further and I'll realise I'm wrong. So I'm, I, I try and look at it as a, look at things objectively as possible. I think the biggest, I use a lot of things like big chances, shots in the box, penalty box touches, etc. But probably the biggest thing that I look at is points per match. And I think, because I think this helps you make logical decisions. And I think this is probably even more true when we've got like double game weeks coming up, etc. cetera. Um, I think in reality, and I think you know, you'll always get players that will have different um, levels of form and they will have peaks. And, you know, I'll consider them if they're on good form. But I think looking at the points match and you can break it down, what, are, you know, so Raheem Sterling has got, four of his next six at home versus the top six. He's averaging 10 points per match in those matches. Sorry, non-top six. He's probably a good bet to bring in. So that that's the sort of logic logic they use. But I try and use a full picture. I mean, I 
yeah, I post a lot of stats, but I don't think um, I never just see one stat and make a decision. Um, so some of the players that, that I'm looking at, so I'm looking at Diogo Yotta at the moment. I haven't made a complete decision on on him, but having watched him, he looked impressive. I think his numbers over the last three or four matches he's been involved in have been good. So and his manager's saying good things. Wolves fans are saying good things. So that, that'll be the sort of thing. Whereas in, in contrast, you look at Richarlison, who will be taken out, and he might even have a double game week. But his numbers are terrible. He's got three goals in 12. He's sulking a lot on the pitch. Whereas if you watch Yotta on Saturday, he just, he, he's just a complete live wire. and He, he seems like quite inci- excited and enthused. So and there's a different vibe. I mean, Everton at the moment, there's a lot of talk about Marco Silva. I think those sort of things can can affect it. And if you look at the numbers of Richarlison as well, then they're not great. Yeah, great. No, no, that's all all fair points. I agree. Watching Wolves, uh, Yota does see, he wants the ball. He's he seems to be playing more more of a striker than Jimenez at the moment. I saw I saw um, a tweet about the heat maps, and he was the furthest forward out of all of the Wolves players. So no, you spot on there but so what what actually got you into the stats you said that right at the beginning you said you were interested in how many goals they scored and how much they played but what made you get into these kind of stats yeah it, do you know what i think probably you're probably right i think a lot of that's come from when i was growing up i could t- i was obsessed with how many goals players had scored in how many games and i think I think that's probably just car- that's probably just carried through um in in, in into fpl um, and I think a lot of managers feel like they, you know, they'll, they'll make decisions on feelings. So I just like to back it up with numbers to make sure I'm making a, a logical decision so that if it goes wrong, I'll say, well, you know, the numbers were there, the probability was there. Um, I try, I try, I like to try and be creative as well. And I'm trying to think of some of the, the, the more. So, I mean, for example, with, because a lot of people jumped on Harry Kane and, you know, I'm a bit, I'm really gutted that he's got injured because I've not got him. I didn't have him. And I think it's just pushed everybody towards, um, you know, Salah and, 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 and very similar teams. But the one thing that I've noticed that Wembley's record isn't that great. And I think he got last season, I think he got 14 or 15 goals, but, when you actually broke it down, the percentage of matches that he didn't score in was quite high. Um, and it's just the, the stats like that that I, that I look at. I'll always go into things with a completely open mind and I'm happy to be proved wrong. Um, and actually, the, the, I won't, put, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't put on Twitter where I'm maybe thinking something and I'm actually, there's not enough evidence to back it up. So, um, so I, I like to keep challenging myself, trying to, you know, try and find out new things, new correlations, um, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, yeah, just always had a genuine interest in it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and tell us, what do you like best about being part of the FPL community, Adam? It's loads of similar minded people. I think I love... Um, I like just the general conversations with people. I know a lot of people get frustrated by people being argumentative or, or, or challenging their views or, you know, deliberately trolling. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think I've ever blocked or muted or anyone. I'm, I'm fine with, um, with, uh, with being challenged, 
you know, if I don't like someone's opinion, I can I can accept that. Um, I'm probably not going to be everyone's tea. So again, I can accept that as well. So I just like that the fact there's loads of similar-minded people that love football, that love fantasy Premier League. You can have some really good conversations that you probably, you know, there are some knowledgeable people that I know and, and you know that I work with, but it's a different level. Um, in terms of the knowledge that these people have got. There's people that are better than me. There's people having better seasons than me. There's people that are potentially better managers than me, that have worse seasons than me. So I, I quite like all of the, the sharing of ideas, the different theories. And, you know, for me, there isn't, you know, a, the, the, the Twitter, I mean, I've been on Twitter properly since March, April time. And I, did, I would never have expected um, to have as many followers, to have as much interest. So I've, I've, I've been really overwhelmed by, you know, the, some of the responses that I've had. I've been, I've done five or six, probably even more than that podcast and been invited. It's, it's, it's great. And I, I, like I said, just love interacting with people and getting different ideas. And there, there, there are a lot of, the, you know, there will be times when I'm wrong or I think I'm open minded enough to actually say, Do you know what, that's probably a good point. Yeah, yeah great point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, football is a game of opinions and the game, it's a game and it's a game of different opinions, different approaches. And if we all understand that, that's when you see people getting on, having discussion. Like you said, we there's so many different pods. And the good thing about them is we all have different opinions and we all get on. It's not like there's no bitterness between anybody with the same mentality. Of course, there's always a bad apple in every community and we just uh, kind of ignore them or try to anyway. <laughs> so, um, Adam... <clears throat> you seem too nice to 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 have any no go players, but like for example, I refuse to have Troy Deeney back in my team because he ruined <laughs> my season. Uh, what, what is it? Hazard is he a troll for you, or do you have any no go players that that just won't go back into your team? Um, honestly, no, I don't. And um, I think the reason for this is I, I try to take the emotion out of it. Um, I think on Hazard, Hazard's a really interesting one because I, I can understand the frustration that people have with him. But I'm probably the opposite. I love I love him as a player. Um, I think he comes across quite well as a person in interviews as well. And I think I don't think he's the issue. <laughs> I really don't. I think it's the, the team he's playing for that's the issue. Because you watch if you watch the games, I mean, he's he's, he's possibly you know he's, he's definitely one of the best in the one of the best in the league. Um, and I think I think for me, um, I'm trying to think. There probably hasn't been a player that, I mean, possibly possibly Walcott, but he did well for me at Arsenal. So there isn't no, there isn't a single player that I completely um, dismiss. I think the only players I'm a little bit against are injury prone players. So maybe, you know, Phil Jones, I'd be a bit reluctant to go back to. Um, so yeah. Ramsey possibly, but so it'd be more the injury prone players that I'd be be put off. Yeah, yeah I mean, Phil Phil Jones definitely doesn't pass the eye test either. He looks just uh, you, you you see like um, you see Virgil Van Dyke at the back looking like uh, a modern ver- a modern version of Zeus, and then you see Phil Jones falling around the place with with. There the, was a period last season where he was a born <laughs> yeah, point magnet. He was, he was, hundred yeah, percent. And I had, I had him for a lot of that. And then I think there were just a few times he got injured, and it was just, yeah, it, it just caused. I think it was a little bit of a different story as well. United, quite, you know, resolute defensively. Um, 
but now to be honest there aren't loads of players that i think i'm definitely not gonna gonna pick that person yeah i, I like just making fun of man united fans whenever i can or many man united players whenever i can at them so i just have to throw it in there um, your 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 reason is the real reason to maybe avoid them, but uh, tell us um, what if you could pick one player, past or present, for your FBL team, um, who would you go for? Um, I couldn't. There's two people that I would that I would really want, and it's probably Shearer. I, I didn't. I'm I, I'm sure FPL was around when he he was in it, mm. and then from a probably more from a personal point of view, being a Villa fan, I'd say Dwight York. Um, from when he when he was at you know I'd, I'd always been always been a fan of his even even when he went to United so I'd probably say those two. Oh very good yeah. I, yeah I, saw, I saw actually earlier on in the day I saw um, a retro Villa shirt for um, it was up on Twitter and it was what player does this remind you of most and it was that one around the time with Dwight York. There was some team they had back in them days. It was um, you know the, an awful lot of players that obviously moved on after a while but there was uh, an awful lot of quality went through Villa back in the day yeah I know it seems, seems like a long time ago now but yeah it's yeah at least 10 years since we've had a half decent team right great so moving away from the football now get, get a little bit personal uh, what's your favourite meal and favourite drink um, favourite I'm, I'm fairly simple so I'd, I'd probably say steak and steak and chips um, probably go probably go rare and then um Drink. I, I, I think I quite like. I quite like Blue Moon Lager. So I, my parents-in-law spent a bit of time out in Boston, so I think that's where it's where it's from. And he's he's actually a Man City fan, so introduced me to that. Mm. So Blue Moon. And uh, tell me, do you have pepper, <laughs> so, pepper sauce or regular gravy on this with the steak and but, chips? Yeah, okay, I, I, I do actually quite like pep, peppercorn sauce. Yeah, and uh, nice mushrooms and onions with it too. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that would yeah, go for. Mouth, mouth is watering. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, tell us, uh, this is this is one uh, I, I I always enjoy the answer to this one. So if your house is on fire and you could only save one non-living item, what would you grab? I'd, my phone. Your, fo- your phone is excluded from this now. Sorry. Oh, it's excluded. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So what would go for? Um. Are you at this stage looking around the room seeing what's important? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I would have got my phone, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happy. Um, what would it take? Um, Pictures. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got them all on my phone, so I don't need to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> any, any signed, <laughs> signed Villa shirts? Um, just trying to think now. What would it, what would it take? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give we'll give you a phone, Adam. Since we didn't we'll give, give you the, the phone, warning, yeah. Yeah, we'll give you the phone. Brilliant. <laughs> right. So apart from uh, yeah, I think this day and age, you've got everything. Um, yeah, you've got everything. Uh, do you know what I actually would take? I'd take one of my suits. That would be what I would take. There we go. The, that Versace one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. So, apart from being really good at uh, stats, do you have any other skills? Um, literally, no, nothing. Um, I was, I was, I was, I'm one of these people that's naturally not good at anything, but I, I tend to work quite hard. So, 
Um, it's, it's frustrating, and you know it hasn't rubbed off on my children. My, my uh, you know, my daughter's seems to be. I mean, she's only four, but she seems to be a pretty good dancer. She started doing uh, drama school. She's brilliant at that. She picks up everything. It's frustrating. Um, I, I, I'm one of these people that really have to try at something. So now I don't think there is a, another skill that I've got, unfortunately. Uh, I'm feeling feeling sorry for you now, Adam. But uh, t- tell us, what's your favourite type of music? So um, any particular genres or bands? Yeah, I, I would say I grew up in sort of the Britpop era, uh, you know, the 90s, so Blur, Oasis. So I'm a huge Oasis fan, huge U2 fan from, from before that. So I think it would have to be, and it's quite it's quite nice now because you don't, it's not on the radio all the time, etc. So um, and I think Villa have adopted Don't Look Back in Anger as their anthem, so that's great. So I'd, I'd probably say all that type of music. <laughs> it's funny It's funny that Villa have adopted that, isn't it? It's like, yeah. uh, don't keep on looking back at the Premier League, folks. I know, I know, I know. It's, I, think, I think part of it came from when um, it was back two years since we went away from home, and I think that was a song that played the way it read in we got a last minute penalty I think that was a song that played and um, there's a lot of videos of Villa fans singing it so I think we just adopted it from there that's a good one why not eh? right so uh, last question Uh, tell us one guilty pleasure and one bad habit you have Um, so guilty pleasure I I can't believe I'm admitting this so um, I, I quite like musicals so and oh. I think he's a good, yeah, so my, my wife doesn't know this, but occasionally she'll, you know, I'll get lucky and she'll, she'll take the children down to, down to, to a parent. So, and I'll put, I'll put you know, wicked on in the house and stuff. And it, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't admit that really, but bad habit would be, I would probably say that, I think being addicted to my phone to the extent that sometimes my wife would be speaking to me and I'd just completely ignore her but pretend I know what she's saying. So that might probably be my uh, bad habit. And I've got yeah. to get better at it, you know, to, you know, it probably do need to be a bit more attentive and et cetera. Oh, yeah. that, that, is, that is quite a bad habit. Now, we've had some people admitting some scary things like that they pick their nose or and eat it or that they've... Um, what was well, it? So picking their toe, picking their toes, or what was what was that? Maris? It was somebody who did some weird stuff with their with their nails, anyway, with their yeah, toes. Yeah, like, something to do with the nail clippings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Try and forget was, about these things. It was it <laughs> was horrific. So but, um, I, I, I like your guilty yeah. pleasure though. Yeah, I, I, cheers, cheers. So my my wife will um, occasionally when she sees the, the, the children's um, bogus, she'll eat them, which is you know. So, so you've okay. told us one of her bad habits and a secret that she doesn't know. We need to get onto your wife on Twitter to, so she can listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> See if like the Planet FBL's wife is after coming on. So, um, Adam's wife is going to come on Twitter now as well. I, I admit, Adam, that when you when you mentioned uh, about a guilty pleasure and you said then about getting lucky, I was going, where is this going to go? <laughs> but uh on that bombshell um we'll we'll wrap up the show uh thanks a million for coming on the three amigos getting to know you fbl show 
Um, it was a pleasure getting to know you. Brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers, guys. Cheers.